Hello and welcome, fellow creatives. This podcast is dedicated to encouraging and inspiring you to keep creating. Thanks for joining us on this journey to explore all things creative. I'm Derek Wagner. And I'm Riley Peterson. And this is the Living Creativity Podcast. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Living Creativity Podcast. In this episode, we discuss creative blocks and how we navigate that space when we're in the midst of one ourselves. We hope you enjoy, and let's get to the show. Well, hey, so Riley, I'm coming to you today with a topic. I'm ready. Okay, so here's our topic. Overcoming creative blocks. So I feel like this topic is like the topic that every creative person, no matter what kind of creativity you're involved in, you can relate to this. Absolutely. So why don't, how about this? Why don't I start by maybe just working through this with you? Like, what is a creative block exactly? Because I feel like in a lot of ways, it is kind of this, everyone understands it, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone knows, oh, I I have a creative block. I have writer's block or Mm -hmm. whatever. But like when we're talking about a creative block, what's going on there, do you think? Great question. So. I think, in my opinion, I think there's numerous things that that's going on. Uh, one of the things that first popped up in my head was having, you know, dealing with anxiety or you're in a season of your life where you're very busy or you're possibly just really having uh, just being in a crappy season of life. Because I've noticed in, in looking back in my life, it's like when I'm having a rough time, I'm like creativity kind of just falls to the wayside and trying to stir it up again is pretty difficult. So yeah, I, I would say th- that's got to be the, those, those two areas when, when, when things are just really tough and really hard and whenever there's just like these, these anxious moments, like it's really tough to, to, to jump in that creative mindset. How yeah. about you? What are some times that you can recognize that you're like, man, this is hard. And I'm blocked. I'm blocked right now. Yeah. Um, gosh, I think for me, it is similar. It's when things around me feel like they're kind of falling apart or feel like things are really difficult. It's hard to enter into that because I think for me entering into that space, like it, I don't know, I'm trying to think of how to put it. It's, it's complicated. Right. But it's almost like you have to kind of be able to let go of all the other things that are happening around you. Mm-hmm. in order to kind of clear your mind and get into that creative space. But I think what's happening in those instances where I'm showing up to to write, let's say, or, or play music or something, when I'm showing up and I'm overburdened with, with mm. life stuff, whatever that is, I think that it's kind of getting in the way too much. I can't let it go. I can't set it down. I can't unpack it and and just kind of park it there for a little bit while I do my creativity. Yeah. Um, I've also experienced, I think, the just kind of general, you know, creative block, writer's block thing where I'm like, okay, I want to sit down and write and I just don't feel like I can, I can do it. Like, I don't know, something's mm-hmm. in my way and I don't know what the source is exactly. I, you know, I think when, when life feels really difficult or, you know, you just had a crazy day or something and you're like, oh, I was just so, so much looking forward to sitting down and writing, you know, yeah. um, you, you show up and you're 
wanting to do it, but you're just like, ah, I can't get my brain in it because it's somewhere else. I'm, I'm yeah. struggling through all this other stuff that I've been dealing with. Um, so but I alternatively, wanted... there's those times where you just show up and you're like, I'm excited to write. And you're like, ah, I don't know what to do. And <laughs> nothing's, nothing, nothing's <laughs> happening. Why is this Nothing happening? Nothing is happening. So right. I wanted to go over that word. You said overburdened. And I think that's a key. This seems like a key word because life is life and you're going to, you're going to, you're going to be burdened. You're going to have too much. Uh, you're going to feel like you have too much. You're going to feel like you have, there's too many things that you're trying to take care of and be responsible for. And it, and it's a lot. You, you, you will be overburdened and it does help you grow. Um, it does help you become uh, capable of handling more. And, and, and that's great. But there's, and then there's times where you're just over, completely just overburdened and it's detrimental and if it's consistent right so so there's that aspect and i wanted to share this too there's times where i come in feeling burdened and i'm able to almost uh just put that in a box and compartmentalize and be able to show up into that into that creative zone and or collaboration whatever it's going on and almost like I'm able to process those burdens out, almost like it's being able to let it go and yeah. processing that as 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 I'm in that moment. But it's not all the time. It's not like oh, I can make it happen. It just hap it can happen. So that was one of the things that I thought about while you were sharing. And, and man, it's it is tough when you don't feel it. It is so difficult. Yeah. When you don't feel inspired, you're not feeling and even when you are feeling inspired and you get there and it's just this, what do I do right now? Because there's there's just nothing, nothing's grabbing me. Nothing is 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 sparking that fire. And yeah, so this is this is really interesting to talk about because I, I really I struggle with it myself of being able to push through or get into that place. And like, what is what are some great ways to do that? And I guess probably looking, trying to discover, you know, where to find your inner peace or whatever you want to call it so that you can enter it into it. Because I think if you're, if you're anxious and you've got all these things loaded on your mind, I don't know how you really can fully engage. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that that's, there's a, it's such an interesting dichotomy because on the one hand, we're, we're saying that oh, being overburdened by all these things or all the stress of life, yeah. it can really weigh you down and, and get in your way of becoming creative or, or doing your creative thing. Yes. But also that you mentioned, you know, there's times where you show up and you're burdened, but you're able to kind of box it off, compartmentalize it. And then kind of ha because you're able to set it aside, you can enter into it and then come yeah. back to it and take on that burden again. And maybe it's not so heavy. Feel um, almost feeling refreshed as well to yeah. take it on. Yeah. And so I think that's really interesting because I mean, it's, it's, well, it's weird because on the one hand, all those burdens get in the way of creativity and yet creativity almost like makes the burdens lighter, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, if you're able to enter into the space. And so it's a, it's a really yes. strange uh, dichotomy that, that you have to try to navigate as a creative person and advice that, that I saw all the time, you know, I'm, I all the time on uh, like the writing subreddits or, or looking for, you know, inspiration or, or a creative community somewhere. And a common advice that I see all the time for writers is just write. Just and I think it. it's, I <laughs> think, I, I think that that's actually, it sounds, 
it sounds so simple. It sounds almost as if the person who's who's offering up the advice is being facetious. Mm-hmm. But I think that the reality is sometimes you just have to do it because we can overthink things so yes, much. Absolutely. Um, one of the one of the most stressful things for me when I'm writing is to sit down, open up a uh, you know blank Google Docs. That's primarily what I write in. Sometimes Scrivener. Um, but I'll I'll sit there and I've got my fingers on the keyboard and I'm just like, I don't know what to do. You know, I've got the cursor flashing at me and there's this blank page with nothing on it and it's like, mm-hmm. ugh, that's it's a lot to look at. That it's kind of overwhelming and yeah, all of a sudden I'm I'm like putting this pressure on myself to make sure that I'm putting words on the page and, and, and achieving a certain word count or something like that. But I don't even know what it is that I'm going to write. But again, it's one of these weird things where it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't track one-to-one for me. It doesn't totally make sense. So it's like, I don't know what to write. So just write. Well, well, how does that work? I don't know, but it does because like sometimes just typing the word the, or he, or she, you know, something it's almost like there's just a tiny little thing in the way. And once you kind of kick it to the side by virtue of typing that one word, whatever it is, it, and it can be mm. a throwaway word. You're, you're like the, nah, I don't want to start it that way. Delete, delete, delete. And you're back at blank again. But by virtue of just putting the first word on the page and deleting it, it's like you've kind of unstoppered the creativity a little bit, you know? Mm. And so there's something to that. I don't know. Do, do you think that that tracks over to you for music? Like, Hey, maybe you're not really feeling it or you don't know what riff you want to start playing or what chords you want to strum the first, you know, the, the, the for the first part of the song. But sometimes it just takes, hey, I'm going to strum a G chord and see what happens. Yeah, that's a great question. I yeah, I think for me, it really is kind of going back to basics of. Yeah, I think it is as, as simple as, you know, you're just sitting there and it's like, yeah, I don't know what I want to play. Like, I don't. I'm not feel really feeling it and i guess i'm just going to go back to basics and it is does look like okay i'm play e chord g chord c g d you know play minor chords you know c sharp minor and f and and you, you just kind of play through and then there's times where i'll just play a chord and i'll let it res you know just let hold it and let it ring and see if i hear something else within it that's like maybe there's a certain note that stands out to me Cause that can happen or some sort of overtone that I can hear. And I'm like, mm, what if, what, what if I did something with that? Um, uh, so that I sometimes helps. Um, and then there's other times where I will actually just with that doesn't do anything. I'll just sit there. I will just sit there with my guitar and I'll close my eyes and I'll just listen to silence and I'll just wait until I just anything starts to pop in my head where I'm like, okay, I hear this melody or I hear this riff. And so I, once I identify it, then I will start to play and try to mimic it, um, which is so, the biggest challenge. Can, <laughs> right. Let me, can I back up right there real quick? Because I, I'm curious about that idea that you're like, okay, I can't, I don't know what to, what to play here. I don't know what song I want to work on or, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to sit in silence, relating it back to the idea of overcoming creative blocks. Like what is, what is sitting in the silence do? What is that doing for you and in, in enabling you to overcome? That's a great question. Block? I've never actually thought about that before, but it's allowing me to really 
focus on focus in on where like wherever I'm supposed to go and and in a way because I'm focusing on the silence and just waiting for that waiting for something to 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 pop into my head maybe in a way that is uh, almost putting up a a barrier or a fence around the things like the <laughs> the burden thoughts that I'm dealing with okay because I'm more I'm laser I'm choosing to laser focus on one thing I'm able to be not protected but yeah just kind of almost in a bubble from everything else that's going on it's actually I relate this to watching a movie I love watching movies um, which most people do but it's for I think it's for different reasons it's for me it's an escape from all the thoughts that are constantly rolling around in my head oh wow I see. and I can actually focus on one thing and enjoy right. the story and you know whatever even if it's a you know my my kids are young right so it's like okay it's a little kid show whatever but I can hone in on it and I'm engaged especially if I've never seen it before and I can get lost and that's like everything else just kind of fades into the background so that's an interesting thought <laughs> yeah. definitely yeah I was just curious because it it seems similar to me of the the writer sitting in front of the blank Word mm -hmm. document or Google document, whatever, and and staring into it into oblivion. And I don't know of many writers that actually find that exercise useful. So I, I wonder if it doesn't translate over, uh, you know, one to one like that. Yeah. But it seems like really the essence of what you're doing there is is kind of uh, siloing yourself off from everything else and mm -hmm. kind of immersing into you know, the, the creative process for you as it relates to music. Um, yeah. I'm not sure I could get into writing that way, but, but I think one of the things that like, you know, we, we talked in a previous episode about flow state, right? Yeah. And so one of the things while I'm writing that enables me is, is having no distractions and, and yeah. being able to, you know, just like fully immerse. And so I think that idea of like fully immersing yourself or fully mm -hmm. engaging in what you're doing, even if it's uncomfortable, or even if you're experiencing a block, yep. I think that just being able to set, you know, you mentioned anxiety before and, and stress mm -hmm. and fear and those sorts of mental blocks that might yeah. be inhibiting someone from exercising their creativity. Yeah. And I think that that really is a big one for a lot of people. And like, I have a hard time doing that. You know, when I've got a lot of stuff on my mind or I've had a rough day or, you know, I'm, I'm feeling stressed about things. It, it can be really difficult for me to, to sit down and write because of that. So what does that look like for you? If you're saying, okay, like, you know, I'm sitting down, I'm, I'm getting into the silence. Like how, I guess I, I'm trying to figure out for me as a writer, how, is there a way I can kind of take your, your technique, steal it and, and right. use it for myself Utilize to, it. yeah, to overcome some of these creative blocks that I get. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I'm gonna be honest. Like, I, yeah, I, and there, I will be honest. There's times where I try to sit in the silence and it doesn't work. Like, okay. and then all of a sudden, those those thoughts and those worries and whatever break through, and then it's like, nope. Have I'm you? Not, it's not working. And so, yeah, I don't know. So, so would that be maybe a time that you'd consider it like as if the creative block is like one? It feels like it. Yeah. Yeah. In that moment, it's like, man, that sucks. 
and it just is what How, it is. Do you are you always able to recognize when you're having a creative block? Uh, no, I wouldn't say I recognize it every time. No, so I would what, say, what, but but I would say half the time I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like I'm having a hard time here being able to see where like I'm yeah. I'm not getting inspired at all, and then yeah. I have to really hunker down and, and try my technique and hope that hope that works <laughs> yeah yeah definitely i've found that oftentimes i don't know that i'm having a creative block or having writer's block until i'm like either so deep in it that it's undeniable or until i'm on the other side of it hmm. it's kind of strange i don't know um like i've had instances where you know i don't realize that like oh the reason i haven't been writing lately isn't just because maybe i haven't had time but because like I've had this creative block that's that's been getting in the way of that, mm. you know, and and it's almost yeah, yeah. it's it's a really strange thing to the idea that you don't know. I think this is true for a lot of different parts of life too, where sometimes you're just in the trenches and you yep. don't know exactly where you're at or what you're up to until you know you're kind of on the other side of it, or you just I, I guess if you're have one of those really lucky moments of clarity in the midst of it where you're like whoa i see what's happening here but that those don't come by too often i think mm, man i just i kind of relate that to just life in general honestly yeah <laughs> <laughs> like you don't realize like what you're what process you're going through or what season you're in you're like oh until you're on the other side of it and you're like oh wow i didn't realize like i that was actually really useful or i learned something from that i didn't even realize i did like yeah right that's interesting so yeah, an example really that I can give um, about some, so I've recognized patterns okay, like in my own behavior and in my own, you know, life where I've, I've been able to see like when, you know, cause and effect, right. When this occur, this, this cause happened or I don't know, something, something along the lines of like, I'm able to see the results of that. I'm having a creative block by virtue of, okay, these are the things that are going on, even though in that instance, I'm not thinking like, oh, I feel as though I'm having a creative block. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, an example is some, for me, I, I can get really invested into politics sometimes and yeah, get right. kind of fired up about things or, you know, I'm, I'm watching, uh, too much YouTube and too much politics on YouTube and stuff. And, um, yeah. I can just find myself becoming a little bit consumed by it and a little bit, um, obsessive about, oh, this particular political individual is doing this thing or yeah, yeah. uh there's this movement or whatever and and i i you know I, I like to think really deeply about things and i like to understand things as nuanced a way as possible and so it can be very consuming for me mm. and i've over the last couple of years in particular really begun to i think recognize how consuming it really is because i'll go through spurts of like Oh man, like I haven't been paying any attention at all and I'm yeah. so happy. <laughs> like it's so like <laughs> joyful a time for me and and often it coincides with the time in which I'm the most creative and when wow. I'm the most productive in my writing. And sometimes I'll have the the kind of mental wherewithal to to kind of take a step back and realize, wait a minute, I'm not really writing a whole lot here lately. Like is that because I'm not inspired. Is that because I don't have time or is it because I've just been, you know, paying way too much attention to the political scene, you know? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's, that's interesting because I, I would say for me personally, when it comes to getting involved in the political scene or what's the, you know, what's the 
trend of the week or what's the trend of the month, like I kind of just, I shy away from it. Typically I'm not very involved and I've noticed that it, cause, because it does affect my mood too. And it's like this instability and you're like allowing it into your life and it can become consuming. And it's almost, almost I, and I, one of the things I thought of was like kind of letting in chaos because it's not, there's yeah. nothing stable. It could go either way. This could get voted in, that could get voted out. And it, and, and it just, just kind of stirs up this insecurity and fear. And for me, I, I'd really, I really don't want that for myself. Yeah. And I've recognized that for me personally. And that's how I'm, I'm typically, I, I don't get, I don't really get caught up in it all too often, yeah. really at all. I think so, it's a really interesting observation that it's instability. Yeah. Right. And mm -hmm. I think that's one of the, I think you can, you know, <laughs> let's skirt right back out of the realm of politics. Right. And just <laughs> into life before we get in trouble here. Right. <laughs> um, but I think in life that uh, you mentioned early on and the idea of anxiety or fear or stress yes, and yes. all of those things are typically responses to chaos responses mm -hmm. to like perceptual uncertainty or perceptual instability. And yeah. so we're mentally, we're recognizing that we don't, something has confronted us in life that we don't have an answer for. Right. And that's scary. Yeah. We don't feel, yeah, it's like we don't feel powerful enough to actually do something about it or strong enough to actually do it, you know, or we're not even like, that's well, well beyond, you know, what I'm even can control, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think you have to manage that, that chaotic input into your own life, depending mm -hmm. on, you know, in past yep. episode, we talked about whether or not you're the sort of person who's maybe tilted a little bit more towards, uh, chaos or more towards order and yeah, right. so i think depending on where you fall on that spectrum you might kind of have to consider this right the can you hand are you a person who can handle a lot of anxiety inducing things like you know politics for me i tend a little bit more towards you know uncertainty anyway and like i'm comfortable with uncertainty for the most part right. but i think even so I, th I think for me with the, with the politics, right. It's not so much the uncertainty, although so there's some of that for sure. Um, I think that probably the biggest thing is it's almost like it, it just subsumes all of the cognitive space that I have for right. creative, creative output and, you know, kind of leaves me emptied of like the fuel. Whereas and it's so interesting too, because, you know, engaging, whether it's in like a political discussion with someone that I trust or whether it's just listening to political content via mm -hmm. podcast or YouTube or what have you. Um, for some reason, it's very depleting, like cognitively wow. and mentally and emotionally. I feel depleted after a day of engaging with that. Whereas when I'm engaged in creativity, I'm engaged in writing in particular, mm -hmm. it feels very replenishing and very yeah. rejuvenating, life-giving. Yeah. You feel refreshed, like, okay, cool. I can, I'm ready to do life again. Yeah, I'm ready, to be, I'm ready to go back in and get back in the ring, so to speak. Yeah, definitely. So That's it's a really awesome. interesting, interesting note to make, I think, just on how those two different experiences can actually impact me on a personal level. Yeah. Well, and here's a great question for listeners and maybe, yeah, yeah, for, for listeners. Do you feel rejuvenated and refreshed listening to uh, uncertain, 
like maybe it's uh watching shows with uncertainty in them or chaos in them or you know listening to politics where that's an, an you know whatever because that's kind of an uncertainty and and chaotic thing like i'd be curious i feel i feel like we should post that question um in spotify be like hey do you feel replenished like are there are you that type of person who gets like oh i rejuvenated from it i think it'd be yeah. a great question to ask because i i don't know many people that i can think of off the top of my head who are like oh yeah i love listening to that stuff and i feel so jazzed after listening to you know presidential debate or whatever <laughs> like I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know man i i not sure yeah i think sometimes like it's exciting like for me in the moment i'll be listening to it doesn't even have to be really high profile people yeah, if it's right. just some podcast or something and they're having a, a discussion about mm -hmm. ideas that are political in nature yeah you know i i can find it really exciting and really interesting and engaging but yeah afterwards i definitely if i'm paying attention and that's the thing i have to be paying attention i have to be intentional about looking inward and saying okay where like where am I in this? Yeah, but I'll, I'll I will do that, and I'll look inward and start realizing, hmm, I feel like exhausted from that, <laughs> you know. Wow, so, yeah. I I I wonder if people who are extremely disagreeable, uh, you know, and those are the people that are that tend towards actually being engaged in, you know, political things anyway. Yeah, um, they 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 probably get some sort of like a. A kick from it you know yeah to, maybe like, so oh, i love that robust debate it's fun i also enjoy yeah. debate but also i'm a very agreeable person so it can be you know kind of terrifying to, <laughs> to debate political things so, yeah I, but, I understand i could see that Heck yeah. but i think that's also why um you know in terms of like how i'm structured personality wise like writing is so much more rejuvenating I, I'm, I'm in terms of on the personality scale like i'm i'm very high in openness and so um, just involving myself in creative things, or even if it's not like my own creative thing, if I'm just listening to you talk about music or if I'm listening to mm -hmm. a podcast or, or learning about, you know, some writing craft thing on YouTube or, or through a podcast or whatever, man, that is like, I get, it gets to me like jittery. I get excited. I'm like, Oh my yeah. gosh, this is like, so I gotta cool. Go, like, I gotta go right right now. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> so yeah, I totally relate with that personally. Um, that's I would say that that's pretty much where it's like being able to witness someone else doing something creative and or like talking about it or the hey, this really inspired me. And it's like hearing someone else's creative process is so fun and enjoyable. And it definitely gets me like stirred up like, OK, now I want to go do something i want to go not yeah not necessarily write but maybe lyrically maybe yeah i feel inspired to write lyrically but yeah i mean yeah usually it's like man I don't know, like just sing something like I, yeah it's 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 it, fun it's, it's like being exposed to somebody else's creativity mm -hmm. like there's like a spark that's lit in your own spirit that yes. you're like, Oh, I just got to go put some fuel on that, you know? Yeah. And, and right. it has to be your own fuel. It has to be whatever, kind of you know does it for you but right yeah that's i i've experienced that definitely uh time and time again so most most podcasts that i listen to are creative in nature and that's so awesome. i'm like listening to it and then i'm like oh my gosh i just want to go sit down right now or mm -hmm. sometimes even just like watching a great movie or or something yeah. like that i'll i'll 
I'm like, oh my gosh, that was a great movie. Like whoever wrote that movie is amazing. I need to go write a book. (laughs) (laughs) I need to go write a great book now. (laughs) Uh, That's funny. What was the the last great movie you've watched? The last great movie I watched. Yeah. That's a good question. Okay. A couple ideas come to mind. I, I don't often sit down and watch movies. Let me first say that I enjoy it a whole lot, but, um, yeah, I, I don't often have a bunch of time to sit and watch movies. That being said, looking back at the last handful of movies that I really, really enjoyed, yeah. um, the first Knives Out, if you've ever seen that, uh-uh. uh, it's a really, really great film. It's it's a, a really fresh and interesting take on like a murder mystery Yeah, that kind of turns the whole genre on its head by the end. And it's really fun. Cool. Um, let's it's see. It's a well-written, well-written oh, yeah. plot. Definitely. Well, and it's, it's, it's what you wanted, but it's also a bunch of what you didn't know you wanted, Ooh. you know? And okay. uh, for me, I actually mm-hmm. watched the, the second knives out. Um, I fell asleep during that one. I didn't enjoy it as much. <laughs> I think that, that that one didn't work for me as well as the first one did. The first one was just, I, I recommend anyone okay. who enjoys that genre, check out the first knives out. It was a great movie. Um, I spent a lot of time today thinking about <laughs> this is where my nerd's going to come out, right? Uh, Avengers Infinity War. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. That was a really, really well written movie. Like, I, yeah. I look at that movie often when I'm thinking of how to do like an ensemble cast and how to do um, like a really compelling villain, how to yeah. uh, create a story with a ton of narrative drive that just keeps the, the, in that, in the case of a movie, uh, the, the viewer fully engaged, engaged the whole yeah. time. And um, yeah, that movie is a great one. And structurally, I think it's, it's solid too. Um, so those are a couple of films that jump out to me off the top of my head. Not any, anything very recent though. I don't know. Yeah. So <laughs> I have not, I'll be quite honest with you and listeners. I, I don't really watch movies anymore. Like it's, it's a rarity, like maybe once every two months I'll get, I'll like get a movie in because what movies I do watch, it's like my kids' movies. So and <laughs> once like upon a time, there. Riley loved watching movies and then he yeah, had kids. One, one time, yeah. And then it's, and we just, I, I've noticed as life has progressed and, you know, just things taking more things on and even this podcast. And it's like, I, I don't, I really don't, uh, invest my time with movies and and shows like I used to. Um, I keep myself pretty occupied with other things and I'm not burnt out by it, which is good. I can get burnt out and then I have to recognize it and adjust. But yeah, um, I don't really watch movies. But the (laughs) this was years ago. But I, I want to say that the the movie that really I thought was like really well written and just kind of just messed up my brain a little bit, but it but it was so good was Interstellar. Oh yeah, yeah. Definitely, Interstellar is a isn't that Christopher Nolan? Is, is that who directed? I believe it's Christopher yeah. Nolan. Yeah, I think Matthew McConaughey is in that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Christopher just, Nolan is an amazing director. Dang, dude, and it's like the the concepts and. You know, they're going to all these planets and they go to this, like the one where, you know, every 20 seconds is a year or something stupid. And it's just right. like, oh my gosh, it's just nuts to think about. So, yeah, but, but it's, yeah, it's anyway, so interesting, it's, too, because those can be such fun sources of inspiration. 
you know, like yeah. at least for me in terms of writing. And I think um, other other people might might see it this way too. But sometimes, you know, you can be watching a film or you can mm-hmm. be um, a TV show or just, you know, doing something totally where, where, where you don't think that you're actively in that, you know, creative mindset. And then you'll just see something that flips the switch and, and inspires you. And um, I mean, maybe, maybe this is a good thing, good place to switch gears away from just being in the creative block, but actually, you know, navigating your way through it. Right. Or, or how to actually overcome the creative block. Um, and, and for me, those are some of the things that I I've actually done is like, Hey, let me go watch some of my favorite films. Um, okay. And by the way, I'm completely ridiculous in terms of favorite films. If I don't mention the Lord of the Rings trilogy, because obviously the best trilogy in the history of trilogies ever. So (laughs) obviously. Okay. Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That'll be the next questionnaire that we post on Spotify. What is the best trilogy? (laughs) No, there's there's no question to ask. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. I like the Batman trilogy. That was one of my favorites. The Chris, Again, Christopher, Christopher Nolan. Nolan. Of course. <laughs> Sorry, man. I'm a sucker for Christopher Nolan. Man. But yeah, it's, those are really good. Yeah, definitely. Really Dark Knight, Heath mm-hmm. Ledger, Joker, the best. Absolute Gosh. best. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's um, it's interesting. I think sometimes we, as creative people, or maybe just people in general, we there are like certain things that we like latch onto that are you know kind of creative in nature. Yeah. And sometimes I wonder like those things that we're latching onto, what does that say about like kind of our creative needs or our interests, things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, anyone who knows me will know I'm like enormous uh, MCU nerd. Um, I- I've maybe been a little bit less so after the probably after Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, some of the other films that I've seen since then haven't done it for me quite as much. But um, prior to that, I was like in a theater for every single MCU film and Got it. just obsessed. Like I, I would watch it and then I'd immediately go home and stay up way too late on YouTube watching people like break down the films with me. And like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <I> think, <laughs> did you, you know, see these nuggets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you see 99 Easter eggs from Avengers? Infinity yeah. War that you probably missed, you know, that YouTube yeah. video. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that those are the, so I, I, I guess I've often wondered because I've, I've had some writer friends that have been like, Oh, like Marvel, Ugh, you know, like that's like, you know, trash. <laughs> You yeah, know, and like, I'm like, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe that speaks to my, my, uh, <laughs> my taste is just trash, I guess. I don't know, but <laughs> well, hey, I, I guess I mean, I, they, I, they've sold like, haven't they sold like the most like gross probably? I, well, I know that Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame were both in like the number two or number three spot among all uh films ever you know um, <laughs> so are doing something I, I, right i mean come yeah. on <laughs> like well, you and, got a lot of people yeah there's there's this idea carl jung had this idea of the collective unconscious and a lot of mythology was kind of theorized i guess to have come from the collective unconscious and so you have to wonder like what is our collective unconscious as a civilization, Western civilization right now? Uh, what are we experiencing in our collective unconscious that is resonating so deeply with films like that? And and it could just be the spectacle. The skeptic in me, is, it recognizes very easily that, yeah, 
I get it. Like these are high budget films with lots of CGI and lots of spectacle. They're very exciting. They're very mm. dopaminergic experiences where you get, you sit in your seat with, you got your popcorn and your candy and your soda and you're just like hyped on the movie. And yeah. of course you're going to walk away from that feeling good. But also, you know, you don't f- have a film that becomes like the number two film in the history of all of cinema in terms of dollars spent at the cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, just by happenstance you know you have to be telling a story that people are resonating with right at some level and by the way i mean to reach that level of success i I, this doesn't have to become a preaching on the mcu bit here but it's interesting because at some level um you know you've gone past like the core audience you know you've gone past the comic book nerds and you've gone past the 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 people you've captured for the movies and now be to by reaching that like number one number two spot whatever it was you've gone past into like the mainstream like writ large yeah and that's not nothing you know and that's something that was happening there at that time cinematically and at a storytelling level i think was really resonating with people and i i kind of feel like you know as writers and and you know uh script writers as directors filmmakers Pay attention because I don't know, maybe something's happening there that that you should pay attention to. I don't know exactly what it is. I could be totally missing the mark on it. Maybe it really is just, you know, high budget junk food, but I'm not sure. It The fact that that many people have gathered around it. Well, I don't know. It seems like it's saying something. I, I don't know exactly what it's saying, but right. it seems like maybe it's saying something. Maybe maybe that should be a, a topic for another time. <laughs> Where yeah. we can like, okay, let's explore that and see what like, let's dive as deep as we can. Yeah. Let's find four hundred and thirty-three Easter eggs. <laughs> uh, what did, what was the term you just used? It was like the what unconscious? The conscious the collective unconscious. Collective unconscious. Can you actually explain that more to oh, me? Because I don't think I've ever heard that term before. Yeah, let me just. Uh... You want you want to look up the definition of that for me? Yeah, I'm gonna because I, I I am like a layperson who is interested in psychology and interested in, um, you know, Jungian psychology. I by no means claim to be an expert <laughs> and or you know even like somewhat authoritative on it, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to Wikipedia, collective unconscious refers to the unconscious mind and shared mental concepts. It is generally associated with idealism coined by Carl Jung. Uh, according to Jung, the human collective unconscious is populated by instincts as well as by archetypes, ancient primal symbols, such as the great mother, the, the wise old man, the shadow, etc., etc. So, I mean, there's a lot more mm. into this particular definition from the Wikipedia page, but, um, the the archetype is one of the the big ones to come out of the collective unconscious in terms of storytelling and in terms of um you know just what people recognize when when you start talking about this you know the idea of of the hero the trickster you know right. the shadow those are all union concepts that uh were you know or, or at least they were they were concepts that were observed and recognized and coined by Carl Jung um and I, I think the idea is just that we as a collective, as humanity, and it, 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 I don't know, I think it's as large as like humanity writ large, but certainly those of us that share like most of the same cultural values, like in what the Western world. Yeah. I think that basically the idea is we have this 
unconscious mind, both as individuals, but it also resonates out to that collective space where there are things that are just innately there that we all recognize and we all resonate with on some level, which is why when you're watching a film and, you know, we immediately resonate with the hero because he embodies these very particular traits that Mm. we've come to recognize in our collective unconscious and individual unconsciouses as well as the hero. Right. Or we, we recognize who the villain is because he embodies the shadow or, you know, the, tr- the trickster is the one that switches sides or um, shapeshifter, you know, those sorts yeah, of those yeah. are all union archetypes that, um, you know, we all and, and they're oftentimes kind of inserted into films and into books and they people can criticize them because, you know, oh, well, you're just taking these cookie cutter archetypes and jamming them in. But I think oftentimes what it is doing is it's like providing like a, a handhold for your cognitive ability, I guess, or your cognitive yeah, yeah. framework. You know, I, I understand these things about culture, about humanity, about um, how the world works. And to see those reflected in the the film that I'm watching or the novel that I'm reading. Um, so maybe, maybe if it can be present in music, you know, lyrically or, or, symbolically in, in music i'm not sure I, that'd be interesting to explore yeah but, maybe not necessarily characters but i mean how many songs are verses and choruses and bridges and you know what i mean yeah well are you familiar with oh sleeper yes i have heard of sleeper yeah so they've they've got a song i'm probably gonna get the song wrong um the finisher is that what it's called the finisher Ooh, that's a good one yeah yeah and so that whole song if for anyone who's not familiar it's a the you know metalcore uh like heavy metal you know yes. really heavy metal band Very um and uh the the song is basically sung from the perspective of uh isn't it god in that one yeah because the beginning mm-hmm. of the album is with son of the morning and it's it's from the perspective of the devil yeah and and, and the devil over. like challenging god right yeah. and um well the the end of the, of the song the finisher it's it's like god responding to that and so i mean just in that album alone and i can't remember all the songs in between because that's the, the, the beginning track and the end track of that album yeah but just through those songs alone you can get maybe that sense of hey there's like an, these archetypes you know the mm. the devil being like the ultimate shadow right or god yeah, being the ultimate right. hero um and so these archetypes i think i think they can exist in music you know yeah they can absolutely definitely symbolically if if you just you know think about it in terms of maybe the the key that the music's played in or or the you know the sort of intensity or the tone or you know the anyway all those different things but particularly i think when you when you add lyrics and add uh you know kind of vocalization to that it can really embody that those archetypes it can absolutely i agree with that and and there's time, and I would definitely say there's times the music does not really yeah. follow the arch- archetypes at all. Yeah, right? but it is it's cool. I I didn't, I forgot about that, but that's a that's a great example because that, that is pretty much like yeah from that whole album, it's like a story. And yeah, yeah, it is, it is really well done. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I think I think particularly in in albums. Um, you know, Green Day's American Idiot album. Mm-hmm. I think that whole album is kind of like, I think it's been called a rock opera where mm-hmm. from beginning to the end, there's like a story and there's even certain characters that you'll see, 
you know, repeat throughout the, the album. But and it was a fun album to listen to because, you know, you really get a sense of continuity and a sense of like there's a there's a greater story here taking place over the course of that, that album. Yeah. Um so that's yeah, it's really interesting. But so if you if you were to listen to O Sleeper or Green Day, do you feel that would spark you your creative like energy of like yeah i want to like okay i want to start writing yeah absolutely because those are songs that that i connect with songs that inspire me and songs that they're just i i think that they provide an opportunity to like get curious and and Mm. kind of dive deeper into like wait a minute like what's going on there and i think maybe at the end of the day you know searching for those sources of creativity the sources of inspiration. I think those are oftentimes the things that can enable me and maybe a lot of other creatives as well to overcome those, those blocks. And, and sometimes it's, I think as simple as like looking at things from a different perspective. Oh yeah. I, sometimes it's just engaging with someone else's creativity and, and feeling that, you know, inspiration returned to me. Um, yeah, those are a couple of things that, that I would probably say help with that. Um, I don't know. I, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff out there. Yeah. You know, maybe that that's a, a, a really great, another great question. Hey, if you're a listener and, and you're a creative person and you have certain techniques or certain things that you do that help you overcome creative cool. blocks or, mm-hmm. or find inspiration in the midst of one of those creative blocks, let us know what that is. You can, you know, drop down to the show notes and, and, and find one of the different ways that you can communicate with us and, yeah. and let us know about that. So that'd be, that'd be really fun and interesting. You know, who knows, maybe something that, that we've said or something that one of you as listeners say might actually kind of be a source of inspiration for somebody else to, to climb and, and claw themselves out of one of those creative blocks. Or that could for be one really of us, fun. For, for yeah, you and I, who knows? I, honestly. Yeah. Cause it, it's still something that it sucks when you get stuck in that funk and you're like, yeah, I, it's just not feeling that not there, but it is cool to hear what you do. And it's been really neat to hear what kind of like what things inspire you and like and uh, like being able to um, like be inspired by different sources. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. And I, I would like to probably talk more about that in our next topic. I think that'd be really neat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, just along with that, the idea of, I think, collaborating Mm-hmm. This is kind of maybe a word that comes to mind based on what you're saying. Yep. I think collaboration is huge. Yes, for sure. Um, so even if it's, you know, like for me as a writer, you as a musician, sometimes, you know, collaborating with you, Hey, you know, do you mind reading what I've written? And, and just as a guy who doesn't know much about writing, just tell me what you think about it. And like just being engaged in that because, you know, you're someone that is a creative person, someone that is, uh, you know, you think through things and you ask uh, deep questions and important questions about, you know, things that I've written and, you know, the things that you notice are things that other people wouldn't necessarily notice either. So yeah, it can be really interesting too to just have that, that sense of collaboration, even among people that don't necessarily share your same, you know, creative space. Oh yeah, absolutely. Being able to work with people who have different perspectives is, is awesome. Yeah. It's a good thing. And it's, it's definitely needed in 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 the creative process, in my opinion. I think it's yeah, so huge. Absolutely. So awesome. So I guess Riley, to to kind of wrap this topic up, you know, what are some of the highlights for you from from our discussion today? What are some of the things that stand out to you? 
I would say the things that stand out to me is realizing that, you know, we, we, we all have lives that we live and it's amazing how, you know, we can get so bogged down with feeling overburdened and stressed out and all those things. But like hearing your process of how you deal with blocks and kind of thinking about how I deal with my blocks and it's been really interesting. I've really related with you in the, in the topic of letting uncertainty in and, and being diligent about, you know, keeping that out and it helps promote more creativity. And in turn, you're just more of a happier, joyful person, which is awesome. Learning about the collective unconscious was really interesting. Didn't, didn't know that was a thing. And then nice little tangent there for you. <laughs> yeah. And then to kind of wrap it up with the perspective change, I think that, I mean, that's huge. Having getting other people's feedback and their perspectives is so so critical. And yeah, yeah that's that's really fun. Definitely. Well, th thanks for this fun discussion, man. This is so exciting, and it's always fun to hear your perspective. And just like you were saying, you resonated with the things I said. Like there's instances where you're talking about you know certain aspects of having a creative block that I was like, oh my gosh, that's that sounds like exactly like what I felt. So thanks for sharing yeah. that, man. Of course. Of course. Awesome. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Living Creativity Podcast. We hope you found value in today's discussion and are feeling inspired to live out your creative life. Don't forget to check out the show notes for links to any resources we may have mentioned and to join our Discord community where you can connect with other creatives. We'd love to hear from you, so if you have any ideas or feedback you'd like to leave us, you can drop it in the appropriate channel on the Discord server or you can send us an email at livingcreativitypodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us, the best way to do so is by leaving a rating and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening from. Thanks again, and as always, keep creating. Keep creating.